Hello, I'm Matt Williams. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. It's Thursday around noonish. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's show. Chatting with Mike was a blast, as always. If you haven't, go check it out. We went around the AFC. We talked Steelers. We talked Giants. They're the projects he was working on. We got an interesting game tonight, and let's preview that first. We were brought to you by my bookie. I'll tell you about them in a moment. But the Chiefs, coming off a tough loss, but a respectable one to the Steelers, go to Oakland, who have been dismal. I mean, car injury can be a factor, but no matter what, this team is not playing well. I mentioned this to Mike yesterday. Could we envision a scenario where the Raiders turn their season around and become a, you know, kind of what we thought they were in the pre- preseason as a AFC contender? Sure, but there's a lot of work to be done, and this is going to be a really stiff test Maybe at home on a national stage, we see their A game on both sides of the ball. And I could see some things that they probably like right now on on paper going into this game. When they have the ball, I think they really need to feed Lynch. And it seemed last week like they were playing to not get Carr hit. And I get that coming back, you know, back injury, bad injury. You know, you don't want your franchise player getting killed. Um... But you also can't play bashful in this league. And we saw Le'Veon Bell run all over the Chiefs. And I think the Raiders could come out with six offensive linemen and try to bludgeon these guys with Lynch. And Lynch has been, he's been okay. I mean, if you have him on your fantasy team, you're not happy. But I think he's run pretty well. You got to put the asterisks by it, though. I mean, for a guy that missed all last year, you know, I mean, he's not the same guy from three years ago where he's one of the best players in the league. But considering where Cooper and Carr and the rest of the offense are, I think this needs to be a Lynch-heavy game. And if they can keep the score close, they may have success with that. Um, I would imagine they are going to try to avoid Peters, who will line up to Carr's right. Crabtree mostly will operate from there, but not exclusively. They need Amari Cooper tonight. I mean, there's just no way around that. That Cooper, um, slot action, maybe some Cook, maybe even a Cordell Patterson play here and there. I think they should be able to generate offense. But how much do I trust Carr at the moment? I think getting Justin Houston, who had a quiet game last week, but coming off that right side, I think getting him blocked is going to prove difficult. But the Chiefs are one of these defenses that they pretty much play what they play, and they don't care what personnel you put out there. So that's why I went with that six offensive line philosophy to try to get them with some lighter boxes. You know, maybe Lynch, uh, 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 a big offensive lineman and three wide, something like that, or Lynch, an offensive lineman, Cook, and two and Crabtree and Cooper, and, and see if they'll play nickel against that and try to bludgeon them. But the problem is. Can they keep in the game? You know, Kansas City's offense sputtered in a big way last week. But I certainly think that they're one of the best offenses in the league. And I don't trust a Raider defense at all. Yeah, they had Navarro Bowman, but unfortunately I think he's done. And how else are you going to know the defense in two days? So I don't know that that's exactly going to throw them over the edge, over the top or anything. I really like Carl Joseph. Khalil Mack remains a great player, and getting him blocked will be very difficult, but Mitchell Schwartz is a high-end right tackle. Uh, I think Smith and Hunt and these guys really get feasting tonight. Um, Smith didn't play all that well. 
Steelers pressured them a lot, and they have those interior offensive line injuries. I don't know that Oakland can exploit that as the Steelers did. And I think Hunt gets back on track and puts up a real big game in both facets. As a receiver against bad linebackers and with a lot of touches overall. Um, I don't see a great answer for Hill and certainly not for Kelsey. Uh, even though I do like Joseph. But I think Kansas City wins this game. Maybe more points than expected from both teams. But I think Kansas City's offense you know, steals the show and is the group we saw from the first month or so of the season. So, I told you we were brought to you by my bookie, and ever since I've been doing podcasts, which is a long time, people have been asking us, asking me for my advice, and tomorrow I will pick all the games for you. It's usually, you know, what team to bet on this week, you know, Steelers or Bengals, how about the Chiefs or the, the Raiders, and uh, I got the Chiefs. I mean, I got the Chiefs, and I'll give you the points tonight. But let me tell you this. Wh- where are you betting is just as important as who you are betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest pay- payouts. Seriously, it's only two business days, which is really, really fast. You know who's going to win, right? I tell you that. So lay down in some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and my bookie very much has been. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus, which is free money, guys. It's awesome. Use my promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, it's still Twitter Thursday as usual. Get some questions here rolling along. Joshua Silber asks me, if Cousins doesn't make it to San Francisco, would Alex Smith be a good fit going back there? Seems like he would be good for the fit for the scheme. And I think he would be. Yeah, I mean, I think he fits that style of quarterback even more mobile than Cousins or Ryan or Hoyer. Um, but smart, I think he'd adapt quickly. Maybe more play-action rollouts, things like that. They they are a deep-shot offense, though. You know, that Matt Ryan had created a lot of big plays last year. And... If you're convinced, and I'm frankly not, that Smith will pull the trigger on the deep ball when it's there or close to being there, then yes. And also, though, unlike Cousins, he's old. You know, so if you go sign Cousins to huge money, I think you operate under the assumption that we have our quarterback for the last next five years, you know, and... See what Bethard is as a as a as he gets older, and maybe he turns into a Garoppolo or a Hundley type, you know, a high end, high upside type backup, or or maybe just your backup forever, or who knows. But if you sign Smith, then you're not sold that Bethard isn't a year away or so. You haven't filled the need, you know, because you're not winning the Super Bowl next year, so you could still use the third pick in the draft on a quarterback and sign Smith. But that's a lot of resources to dump into the quarterback position. You know what I mean? So, stylistically, I don't have a problem at all with it, um, except for possibly the deep ball. 
or but the age doesn't really fit the rebuild. Um, along those lines, Andrew Bell asks, Jacoby Brissett, keep or cash in when luck returns if you're the Colts. So I think this is a great situation. I think this worked out really, really well for Indianapolis. First off, should luck even return? You know, like, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to play one on podcasts. But what's the benefit of rushing him back? There's none. But in the end, what's the benefit of him even playing this year? Do you sit him all year, showcase Brissett, maybe get a second-round pick out of Brissett? I mean, I think he's a good prospect. I I still can't believe New England gave up on him. I know they were, quote, going to cut him, and they only keep two, and that's what we do. But potential starting quarterbacks don't grow on trees, and I think that's what he is. You know, like if I was Jacksonville, I'd I'd rather have him than Bortles. You know, I'd rather have him than a handful of team situations right now. I think you could turn him into an asset, especially with the whole year's worth of tape. But he's put an ample out there. This is a nice situation. It's one of the best things going on, I think, for the Colts. I'm very much a luck believer, but maybe you keep him if you're saying something like, man, I don't know that luck can stay healthy. You know, if they feel that way within the building, then maybe you keep reset and just operate under the assumption that luck's going to miss time every year. I don't know that. But I think Luck's still one of the best five quarterbacks in the league with the potential to be number one, you know, down the line. So if you can turn Brissett into a quality defensive player, a quality pick, a combination of both, I think there should be plenty of suitors for him. Rodolfo Paradoja asked me, will Mexico or London eventually get an NFL franchise? I think that answer is yes. Um, I don't like it, especially London. Just... I mean, you guys know how the NFL schedule works. I mean, let's say you put the London werewolves. Remember the werewolves of London? Like that, yeah. I didn't come up with that myself. I forget who I stole it from. But the werewolves of London are now a team in the AFC or NFC East. Okay? I mean, you're not going to put them in the West. You're not going to put them, you know. So they're going to be in one of those two divisions somehow, shape, or form. Well, every four years, or every three years in your conference you got to play the West. You know, I mean, the Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets play the West one out of every three years. Okay? So, Denver, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, you know, these teams have to go to London. And vice versa. That stinks, man. I mean, that stinks. I mean, you guys know my theory on how the league should have two bye weeks. And that would be more feasible. I mean, I could handle a London team a little better if I knew that going into that game I had a bye week before, you know, so I could go over there several days before. And not to mention, I mean, you're going to play, if you're the AFC East, if the the Werewolves of London are in the AFC East, they play the NFC West every four years. So basically, I mean, close to half of the seasons, you're going to play four teams from a Western division, give or take. I hate that. Not to mention, I mean, if I'm a free agent, do I want to go to London? Are they going to have a hard time getting players? I would think so. I would think so. Um, Mexico. Mexico makes a heck of a lot more sense in terms of um, location, geography. You know, that's not a terrible road trip, even if you're the Patriots or Seattle or I'm thinking northern teams that have a far distance to go. 
you know, if you don't make it all the time, they're not in your division. I would imagine they'd probably be in the South. Well, of course they'd be in the South, but if you put them in the AFC South, I mean, Houston going to Mexico isn't bad, you know. Um, I don't understand. I don't know anything about politics. Everyone out there knows more about politics than me. Is that feasible? Are there issues there that I don't know? But just football, man, I would hate to play week one opening day in Mexico. I mean, how hot is that? <laughs> just the 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 heat factor would be brutal. Again, would, would free agents want to play there? My hunch is no. I mean, they don't want to live the majority of their life in a different country, I don't think. Or the majority of their season in a different country. Brett asked me, if you owned the Browns, what changes would you make right now? They're the worst team in the league. Things are not going well. Hugh Jackson's won one game as their head coach. We know all these things. I mean, these are facts. Um, But you started this project, and we've talked about this revolutionary rebuild, call it tanking if you want, whatever, but to rebuild the entire franchise through draft picks and salary cap space and start from scratch totally, like they have, with the exception of like Joe Thomas. I think you have to keep the course and don't be persuaded with trying to get a cheap win here and there. You need to play all your rookies. Like Najoku, why isn't he playing every snap? I've talked about Kaiser. You never should have pulled him. I know it's not going well, but he needs to play... A lot. And you need to analyze him at the end of the year. You got to run the ball more. You got to make Kaiser's life a little easier. That, that all the downfield passing, as much as they put on his plate. But the, the question here is not that can this system work? Or can this big of a rebuild, can this philosophy that I don't think any other NFL team has truly changed, tried to do, can it work? I believe it can. But the players they drafted is the question. And it certainly should be scrutinized. You passed on Wentz. You traded out of the Watson pick. I'm not saying you should have taken somebody over Miles Garrett. But there's quarterbacks in the league right now that are playing well in their first and second year that very easily could have been in a Browns uniform. And I can understand the philosophy of we want to get a core in place and then insert the quarterback so his life's not so difficult as we're seeing with Kaiser right now. And there is a core on paper. I mean, there's an offensive line. Duke and Crowell aren't bad. The receiving core is a nightmare right now. I mean, a nightmare. And Corey Coleman needs to say healthy. I mean, I can't say that the Browns missed on Corey Coleman. I'd like to see him. I like the pick when they made it. I like what I've what flashes I've seen from him. But that draft class had what 12 picks. And who from that first draft class from this organization are you saying, "Ooh, we hit." You know, we got five guys from there that we think are long-term starters in this league. That's what you need. I mean, if you're going to do this philosophy, you have to hit on picks. And there's little proof that say that they have. You know? I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, I, I don't think trying such a radical philosophy is insane. It, it's aggressive. I mean, 
but you got to hit on picks. And they have so many of them that you can afford to miss on some, but you better hit on some. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're making 12 draft picks a year, five of those guys need to be good players, starters, you know, with an occasional star here and there, and especially a Miles Garrett. I mean, he looks like a star. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he will be, but and I might even, you know, Peppers and Ajoku, those guys, they need to be contributors. And so that's my question is, are they building it the right way and with the right players? Dan Morgan asks, what's the odds of an all-Keystone State Super Bowl, and who would you take? I think the odds are strong. Um, I've, I mentioned the AFC, I think, is really a three-horse race, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, New England. Um, the NFC is cloudier, but I like the Eagles to win their division. I think they're playing very, very well. I could envision both the PA teams as a Super Bowl team. Uh, who would I take? I mean, I think Philly's playing a little bit better than the Steelers right now. I think the Steelers' roster's a little stronger than Philly's overall, especially if Roethlisberger plays like, you know, not the two-year, ver- again, a year ago version, but a better version of what he's been. But if they if that would happen, they should just scrap all the Super Bowl plans and hold the game at Penn State. You know, it's giant stadium. Just shut the whole town down huge place and just bring in everyone from all over the world from both sides of the state and just drop the gloves at Nittany Lions with the, with the Lions. That'd be awesome. All right. A couple more questions here. Tony Robbins asks, can lactose intolerant people eat milk duds? Um, not a doctor, but there is milk in chocolate, correct? And a milk dud is a chunk of caramel covered in chocolate. I would imagine that's a problem if you're lactose intolerant. Not that I know a whole lot on the matter. Uh, it just makes me think of Seinfeld, to be very honest with you. Uh, try it. See what happens. <laughs> what, how can it hurt? Fly the W asks Trubisky. How good can he be? How should the Bears fans thank the Cleveland front office? I guess that's another one where you could say, you know, he Trubisky could be a, a Brown conceivably as well. If they would have traded up or made a move or whatever that they supposedly thought of. I like him. I mean, I think he's in a good system. Unlike Glennon, you know, where the outside zone, rollouts, half field reads. Um, I think he looks like he belongs. I think he can develop into a franchise quarterback, a term that I do not throw around loosely at all. Um, I think in the meantime, he, again, looks like he belongs. Accurate, accurate on the move, plus athlete. But in one way, he's going to be really difficult to analyze. And, of course, that's because their wide receivers are so bad. You know, they beat the Steelers with one reception from the wide receiver position for nine yards. And basically the same thing this past week against the Ravens. It's amazing you can even win a game in the NFL with such little production from the wide receiver position. And there's usually two or three of those people on the field out of 11. You know, and they're not doing anything for this team. So clearly that's their biggest need. Even if Kevin White comes back and he's Terrell Owens, they need another one. You know, I mean, um, it's certainly a problem. And it's going to be tough to analyze them. But the offense is moving. It's a respectable team with him back there. Um, I think that, you know, that that's favorable. And I do think he has a pretty high ceiling. He's better than I thought he'd be, that's for sure. Especially this early. AJ George asks, what was the reason for the time change of the Steelers game to 425? 
Uh, just because it'd be more featured, there'd be fewer other games on at that time, and they'll get more eyeballs on it. One of the better games of the weekend, I guess, in their opinion. You know, when they move games like that, it's just usually just so. It's for TV reasons, which obviously is money reasons. You know that they think they can get more viewing audience as opposed to competing with a, a handful more games at the one o'clock hour. So that's the only really reason. All right, go bonus. Who was the player of the decade for the 1970s? Wow. Um, immediately, I think of the Steelers. They won four Super Bowls in the 70s. You know, I mean, Walter Payton was only there half of the 70s. Earl Campbell came late in the process. I think O.J. Simpson's in the conversation. This is just off the top of my head, by the way. Bradshaw had four rings. Snake was great. I mean... But I gotta go with the Steeler D, and so therefore I have to pick Joe Green. I mean, right? I mean, this is as Homer as you could be. But <laughs> you know, four rings, best defense out there, and there another guy doesn't just jump to mind. So I gotta go with Joe Green. So who's the player of the '80s? Matt Williamson asks from at Williamson NFL, Montana. Lawrence Taylor? Lawrence Taylor. Mm, I'm a fan of that. I think I got to go Montana. You know, Marino and Elway and those guys came around in 83. Huh. Yeah, I, I think I'll take Montana over LT narrowly. But, man, LT didn't do anything to hurt his cause. All right, last question. We'll kind of go full circle going back to tonight's game. How do the Raiders fix Cooper? Several of you asked, you know, someone has asked, Amari? Question mark. This is Brent Brown from Kansas. He looks like a Chiefs fan. Uh, and he says, how do the Raiders fix Cooper? I mean, I hope it waits a week, but they really need him to produce, and they absolutely do. I'm a fan. I'm a believer. Drops have been a problem with him. Um, he's tailed off late in the season, both of his both of his seasons. Tons of ability. True number one receiver ability. There aren't many of those in the world. But, man, he looks like he's not play- I mean, he's not playing well. He's not confident, it looks like, on the field. Maybe tonight. And I've thought this a couple times throughout the season that I do think this is a slump. This is fluky. This is not who he is. That will look at his career 10 years from now and say, remember how he started that 17 year? What the heck was that? That's a better player than that. I'm not indicating, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame or he's going to be an all-time great, but I think there's Pro Bowls, you know, abound for this guy. I mean, he's a really good player. He's in a funk. The The offense is in a funk. I think you have to remember, too, there's a new coordinator. And I don't know that that was a good move looking back on things. Um, I think they did a good job from a scheme perspective, you know, last year. And this year, the, the whole offense has not been in sync. Um, Carr's injuries not helping things. But I think that should be a big goal of yours tonight, if you're the Raiders, is... I know a Crabtree's outplaying my man Amari, but if you're coming out in two receiver sets, you put Crabtree on the right, you put Cooper on the left against a lesser corner as opposed to Peters who would get Crabtree in that situation. And you scheme some, some things up to get him the ball. And, and not even just throw him a bubble screen and, you know, it gets four yards out of it. Just get him in some isolation patterns one-on-one to make that a goal. Off play action, if you can get Lynch going, or even if you can't. Um, I'm a believer, 
I know a lot of you people are asking this for fantasy reasons too. I would certainly buy him in fantasy in all formats far before selling him. You know, I think I'm betting on a rebound, hopefully tonight. I know the Chiefs fan asked and didn't want to hear that tonight, but I could see it happening tonight if Carr looks right. Um, it's a hard thing. I mean, a lot of this is guesswork by me. I mean, it, it, people at the facility that are even beat writers that are there every day would have a much better feel for this one. You know, is there something we don't know about? Is there a personal issue? Is there a physical issue? I mean, there's a lot of times a guy's battling a muscle pull or something that we don't know about or, you know, things like that or, you know, that he just doesn't look the same. Um, but I think he's moving fine from what I've watched. It's just... He's not getting open. He's, his routes aren't quite as good. He's not catching the ball. He looks like he's lacking confidence. So that's a wrap, fellas, ladies, whomever's listening. Go to mybookie.ag. Use my promo code locked on. And tomorrow we will pick every game and recap Chiefs Raiders, which I expect to the Chiefs to get back on their winning ways. Over and out.